our story begins and our scene opens with the sound of a ringing cell phone. Vince, will you describe your character to us and tell us what are they doing right now? Pleasure. Um, Agent Pike is lying in bed and for the umpteenth time unable to sleep. His back rests against the headboard of his bed and he finds himself staring at the chair in the corner. And he's still not sure if it's a hallucination, a waking dream from simple exhaustion, but he sees himself there. Um, Eyes rolled back into his head, blood seeping from the gunshot wound in his temple, the gun still resting in his hand. And they stare at each other. And he knows even though those eyes are sightless and beginning to gray with the pallor of death, he knows he's looking at himself and vice versa. The phone rings and he looks over at the nightstand and he looks back up and as always, that that specter of of the death he knows awaits him is gone. Uh, But he reaches out, picks up the phone. He is uh, probably late 40s, early 50s at this point, bags permanently under both green eyes. His salt and pepper black hair is more salt at this point. Um, kind of short on the sides and um, or I'm sorry more salt at this point kind of slicked back uh, he wears a simple white t-shirt to bed he reaches out and picks up the phone this is Pike yeah it only took you maybe a ring and a half to realize which phone was ringing and um, you hear your handler Agent Foster I think we have something Officer Morrison's holding a few people at the address I'm texting to you now, and I need you to get the team together and go check it out. Got it. He didn't give me much to go on, just that it's right up our alley, and, well, he's been good for it in the past. Scenes controlled? No hostile contact? No, nothing hostile. He seems nervous about this one, though, so just get there as soon as you can. Got it. I'll follow up with the status report as soon as we touch base. Bob. What is Wendigo doing right now? He's in a modest three-bedroom house. He's in his personal office, sitting at a computer, looking over uh, a family tree. Uh, In his spare time, he has been tracing back his family tree and putting it together. Uh, he's got a cup of coffee sitting next to him. Um, his wife is downstairs setting up uh, her daily chores, things like that. But his phone rings. He looks at it. Notice it's his, that's, it's that phone. And um, looks back, closes the door, and answers the phone. Wendigo. It's Pike. We've got a live one. Any specific details? Not yet. Uh, One of our friendlies is on scene, has it under control from the sounds of it, but we need to get there immediately. Uh, You've got the address? I do. I'll text it to you. Sounds good. I will be there as soon as possible. Pike doesn't bother saying bye. Just hangs up. 
Windigar looks at the phone and says, I guess that's how they do it, and puts it in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> what does Windigo do next? Uh, he closes out the the uh, windows on his computer, shuts it down, um, and goes down to the kitchen to tell his wife he has to step out for, for a bit. Okay, yeah, you see uh, she's just prepared some a meal and is beginning to just, like set the table. Gene, uh, um, I just got a call from work. They got a new artifact in that they need some help identifying. Um, they don't know anything about it. Uh, they called me in for my expertise. I, I might be a couple of hours. Um, and I'm sorry that you got this great meal um, set out for us, but they really need me. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna head into work. Go ahead and make a persuade roll for me. 47 under 60. Okay. Uh, you see, I mean, there's, there's an obvious face of disappointment there for a moment, but she understands and, and she nods and comes over and gives you a kiss on the cheek. I'll see you later. Absolutely. He um, gives her a kiss and uh, takes a to-go coffee with him. So, Adam, what is Agent Cross doing right now? Agent Cross is, uh, what time of day is it? It is actually, um, m moving into the evening. It is, it is probably almost dark at this point. Um, yeah. Agent Cross is still at, uh, the office. Is it okay if I say where the office is? If you'd like, yeah. Uh, he's at the, uh, FBI headquarters in whatever city we're in right now. He is at his desk, uh, staying late like he usually does. He's about in his late 30s. He's 5'9", uh, slim. He looks gaunt, tired, constant dark circles under his eyes, constant stubble. He's got a cigarette always hanging out of his mouth, and he's uh, just typing away at his computer, just kind of looking... Uh, occasionally looks off at the office because uh, he's sort of like the head in this area. So he occasionally looks out, but he's just sort of stooped over his computer right now um, and then getting a new cigarette. <sighs> he looks down at his phone and he sort of flips it over his normal phone, and uh, he sees a bunch of sent messages to his wife asking how the day's going, how is his son, and there's no responses from her, and that's pretty, pretty usual, and he just flips the phone back over. There's a brief moment of alertness or excitement when you hear a phone ring but then you realize which phone it is. I feel like I, I let it ring for a while. 
talk. I interrupt something. He looks around at the office. No. We're up. I'm gonna text you an address. Be there in 30. He hangs up. And looks at the text and just takes his jacket off of the back of the, the, the chair, gets it ready, and just kind of gets ready to leave the office. He's probably the last one here anyways. And uh, uh, just decides to leave. I was right there. All right. Um, the scene immediately cuts to uh, Agent Pike's car pulling up to the address location. It's by the time you get there, it's probably about 9:30 p.m. Uh, you pull up, and there's a mailbox that has the address kind of painted on it. And you see this mailbox is in front of a really long, unkept dirt road. Um, potholes everywhere, uh, grass kind of overgrowing. Doesn't look like this road gets much use. You head down the path for a little while and you eventually, your, your headlights find a small camper that seems to be out here. Obscured by trees from all around it, but you can see it enough as your headlights kind of reflect some of the sighting on it. You see one other vehicle here as well. What would you like to do? Uh, at this point, Pike is wearing kind of like a dark charcoal gray suit, uh, white dress shirt, no tie. Um, he grabs uh, this kind of ledger that he keeps that's, that has like a legal pad inside, his pens, business cards, that kind of thing. And he uh, kind of just grabs that, steps out of the car uh, and, and goes to the other vehicle, uh, assuming either Foster is nearby or in it. And he kind of maybe gives the door a little bit more of an extra extra slam. So if he's inside, he can hear him approach. Sure. Yeah, um, as you are beginning to approach the car, you do see... Um... Uh, who you would probably recognize as Officer Morrison kind of step out from Morrison, sorry. Yeah. Foster was the handler, yeah. Um, Morrison steps out and uh, he, he looks nervous, but he he looks steady as well. Um, you see he's just in a police officer uniform and um, he just looks tired. More tired than he probably should at 9.30. Um, and he just says, finally, and he's kind of like looking behind to see if any other agents are coming, but you are the first one here. Did Foster said there was going to be a team. Uh, the other are two with? are on their way. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, um, And you see him just kind of like look over to the camper and almost like shake his head like he doesn't know where to begin. And you can see him trying to like formulate a sentence with the thoughts, the impossible thoughts that are going through his head. And then as he breathes in to speak, he's saved by the sound of another car pulling up to the scene. Um, 
Agent Cross, Agent Wendigo, it doesn't take you too awfully long to get here as well. You pull in and you can park. Um, you see the same scene. No, there's no place to park. There's trees everywhere. But you see this camper here and you can see um, Officer Morrison and Agent Pike kind of standing. Um, Morrison has his arms crossed. What would you, the two of you like to do? Asian cross gets out, formal black suit, black tie, looks a little disheveled, per usual. And uh, just sort of looks over at Wendigo, and Agent Wendigo, Agent Pike, Agent Wendigo, Agent Pike. Wonderful evening we're having. And I'll walk over to him. Yeah, Wendigo just, uh... As he gets out, he goes to the back of the car. Uh, he uh, opens up the trunk, and there's a sort of a gym bag there that he pulls out his pistol and puts it into the back of his uh, his the pants that he's wearing. Um, and he just grabs the contents of that bag, sort of, and takes it with him. Just kind of walk over and just give a half-lidded look to Agent Pike and just kind of looking him up and down. So, been a while. Yeah, it has. Well, after you. Yeah, Officer Morrison looks a little um, more encouraged to speak with with more of you here and and is kind of like shifting back and forth on his feet for a moment as if he's he just knows that even though the three of you have have seen some things he's about to sound absolutely insane you um you ever heard of the glass mansion Um, I will let all of you <gasps> to a roll. I'll let you do just like an intelligence roll. Okay. But I'll also let you do an occult roll. <gasps> oh, I'm gonna do occult. Fifty out of seventy. Fifty-seven out of seventy on my occult. God damn, I'm out of the loop. <laughs> um, yeah, Agent Cross, you just don't um bother yourself with pointless ghost stories. I just get another cigarette. <laughs> I'm just like, whatever. Um, but Pike and Wendigo, you have heard of the Glass Mansion in the sense of basically it being a sort of ghost story. Um, strange things have happened. It's like notoriously just a haunted house of the area and um, nobody goes in there. And every time the city has made a move to destroy it, Something happened to prevent it. Equipment malfunctioned, lost documents, shit like that. Spooky place. Um, a lot of people just claim it's evil. Local urban legend, right, Wendigo? Yeah, mostly ghost stories. Um, occasional, you know, weird things happen depending on whether or not they want to tear it down. Um, but nothing that I know of that would involve us. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Evil, a lot of folks say, don't they? Well, I, I have some people in there, and he points to the camper. I'm I'm pretty sure they they came from the house. Like the manor was on fire. It was it was in a matter of seconds I was in the area, thank God. I responded to the scene and I found them and I, I called Agent Foster almost immediately because well they're they're not well. They were ran, rambling about monsters and, and demons. I can't get too much out of them. This isn't my area of expertise, this is yours, but... Look, uh, one was pretty badly injured. Um, I had my partner, don't don't worry. He's... He's cool, but um, I had my partner bring... a few of them to a place Agent Foster told me about already, but... Oh... Uh... Just kind of look over at Pike and Wendigo and be like, Officer Morrison, don't worry your pretty little head on this. We'll, we'll take it from here. Officer Morrison will remind you that you were held to the provisions of the classified information, not disclosure agreement you were asked to sign when you initiated contact with Agent Foster. Uh, please inform your partner and your superiors that this is now under the jurisdiction of the local Joint Terrorism Task Force is classified as such. Your department is no longer needed. However, I will ask that you remain on scene and provide security while we uh, assess, if you don't mind. We appreciate it. Um, watch for my car, and he goes and walks over, and you hear the car door shut. Think it'll be a problem? No. No, he's nervous. He's uh. Whatever he saw shook him up. Well, I guess we'll see then. When to go? You feeling all right? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm ready to go. Uh, if you guys want me to, I, I'll. I'll hold back a little bit and just sort of take notes while you guys. Uh, I mean, you guys are more familiar with this type of thing than I am, so. I'll take notes while you guys talk it up. And this is your first outing with this group, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I nice. don't. Yeah, uh, Wendigo <laughs> has only been with the program very briefly, uh, and those smaller things that he's done, they were very small. They weren't. They were sort of like trial runs. Uh, so this is probably his first go with with seasoned people. I feel like a uh, sort of tap you on the shoulder, kind of like jossy around. Like, don't worry, kid. Agent Pike will show you the ropes. He's uh, real good. And I'll start walking towards the camper. And before you go inside, let's cut over to our Glass Chronicles survivors. Yeah. Sitting inside of this camper, your skin dirtied from either the caves that you've crawled out of or the ash from the walls from the burning mansion that you escaped from. What is Peggy doing and looking like right now? 
Uh, Detective Peggy O'Neill is uh, looking moderately disheveled. She has uh, discarded her jumper and hat and vest um, because they were just black with ash and um, smelling of smoke. And also because she just wanted to soak in the fresh air after being stuck in that uh, mansion for so long. And um, she's uh, quite a bit rattled uh, to, at the look of her, but almost like not really looking at anything, just kind of staring, trying to uh, trying to figure out what's going on. The last thing she knew was that it was 1922. And now all of a sudden it's a hundred years later and um, she can't process it. And what about Rose? Um, you said we were in a camper? Yes. So a fairly small space. Mm -hmm. um, Rose, Rose is sitting looking quite disheveled, um, kind of probably rocking a little bit, looking, I mean, already a little disturbed, but also looking around in, at the tight space and kind of shuffling uncomfortably. Um, and just not really cluing in to much that's going on, just kind of replaying the last hour of her life in her head over and over and over again. Yeah, um, she's covered in soot, probably a little blood. Um, I'd say her dress is likely a little torn. Hair is a huge mess, um, bushy black hair just kind of like out of her headband all over the place and just, yeah, she's she's probably not talking, probably not looking anyone in the eye, um, likely sitting closer to Peggy, but. What is Emily O'Hara doing? So, Emily is still um, put together a little, but her shirt is filthy, her vest, her skirts are a mess. The scarf that was once beautiful is now tattered, the silks are dirty. She's sitting pin straight um, in a corner, trying to, in, in a chair, but in a corner so that she can see everything in the room and there's nothing behind her and though she's sitting straight and her eyes are red from crying and the smoke she's fidgeting endlessly with the scarf in her hand and just sort of glassed over um looking into nothingness occasionally perhaps her eyes switch to the other three women in the room um especially if they're moving she kind of jostles and then um, returns to her sort of quiet uh, frozenness. <laughs> and what about Arabella? Arabella is standing as close as she can to whatever window is is in this camper. And she's kind of staring off. She said it's around nine o'clock at night, so probably quite dark. Just sort of staring off at like the night sky in the woods. And she seems almost surprisingly calm, especially for 
Arabella, who's usually a little bit jumpy at the best of times, and she's she just seems almost preternaturally calm. The only thing that really gives her away as being rattled beyond just the, the general state of the way that she's dressed, her clothing being ripped, she's covered in, in blood that isn't even her own, is the fact that her hands are shaking terribly. And if you listen to her, you you hear her say, I didn't keep my promise. I didn't keep my promise. I didn't keep my promise. Where are they? And what do you think your reactions are the moment the door, you hear the door opening? Arabella would turn from the, the window immediately and, and say, Dr. Clark? Monty? Peggy just kind of jumps very on high alert. The sound has, has, has distracted her reverie um, and looks to the door. Emily jumps up back to the wall. I think Rose would just kind of pull pull back into themselves a little bit and look up slowly. And Peggy also would kind of instinctively um, shield uh, Rose a bit. I feel like Agent Cross would give Pike a look at this, just kind of being like, all right, we kind of know what's, what's a little bit of what's been going on as they walk in. Yeah, so the players know that these characters are not from this time, but is there anything about your attire or your demeanor that would kind of give that away? Well, for Peggy, um, certainly the hairstyle is not um, modern. It She wears very tight uh, pin curls. And um, another just a thing of note is that she is in her early 30s, but her hair is completely gray. And um, But you'd be able to tell from looking at her uh, face that she's um, younger. Um, the style of Rose's dress, it definitely looks from the 20s. Um, it's a just kind of like a plain gray or blackish. Um, flapper is not the right word, but that, that same fit, except with her shoulders covered. Um, it's got like short sleeves, not quite, yeah. Um, and pearls and her hairstyle, although messy, definitely also would have been a 20s style. It's just now, yeah. No longer tucked away as it had been under her headband. Emily, her hair is cut into kind of a, a 40s bob, but it's been wet. It has not been brushed, so it's kind of a mess. Um, but her clothing, she's a woman in her kind of late-ish 40s, uh, middle age, but her clothing is very much old-fashioned and conservative, so um, what you would expect to see in something like Indiana Jones or The Mummy, where it's like a khaki top, very buttoned up, and a very long skirt, um, like down to the floor with uh, leather boots, but like real leather rather than kind of faux modern um, as well. Arabella looks a little bit like a character from a book come to life 
but she's so sincere about it or so maybe ignorant to the fact that she does look a little bit comical. She's got her aviator, an aviator's hat on, and goggles, suspenders, leather trousers, just completely out of place. She's also carrying a sword at her side, which she just seems so completely removed from, from her own body that she doesn't, she doesn't even seem to be aware of the fact that she doesn't fit in here. And I think a note for that, um, any firearms that anybody may have carried out of the glass mansion would have been taken um, by Officer Morrison. I feel like Officer Morrison would have attempted to take the sword and at Arabella's reaction to it, just kind of backed up and was like, okay. Um, I feel like seeing it as more of an emotional attachment of sorts, um, Officer Morrison would not have attempted to take the sword again. Yeah, I definitely think she she says no and she glares him down and it's such a strange reaction because she seems like she can't be a, a day over 20. Mm-hmm. So this is the four people that you three agents see as you are entering or looking into this camper. I feel like I turn towards Agent Wendigo and I'm like, I say under my breath, I didn't know there was a cosplay convention going on. And, um, uh, sorry, you say. Wendigo would uh, would see these different styles, and with his background in anthropology, would probably know that anachronistically, these people are definitely dressed in different styles that are not of the same thing so i i would nod and agree with agent cross there good evening um ladies my name is uh <clears throat> excuse me my name is agent pike i'm with the federal bureau of investigation this is agent cross agent wendigo um can we get you anything water something to eat Black coffee. We can do that. If you have any whiskey, I'd appreciate a dram. Uh, you too. And he looks at Emily and Rose. Whiskey, please. I feel like I haven't had a good cup of tea in a hundred years. <laughs> would, um, would coffee suffice? I'm afraid. You Americans and your coffee. Gin? I'm afraid whiskey will be in short supply this evening, uh, but we'll we'll see if we can get you some when we wrap things up. Fair? Just water then. Right. Uh, and he'll he'll kind of poke his head out the trailer and say, you know, Morrison, water, coffee. I'll kind of hold up my phone and be like, "There's an app." At, um, at that, Emily looks very that? confused. <laughs> yeah, it's like hold of the phone and like, hmm. I know I haven't been talking to them long, like, like at all. Uh, can I roll like a quick psychotherapy to see, like, especially with that reaction, like, is this genuine or, or, or like, are we dealing with like a psychotic break? You know what? <laughs> sure. Yeah, go for it. Go ahead and roll psychotherapy. 
Uh, can I assist? I do not uh, have that skill, but I will be, like, sort of scanning or examining in my own sort of way. So, I think there's a base, um... Base 10% if you want to give it a shot. I did get a 27 out of 70. Nice. Okay. I won't do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, you can see there's... There's almost a moment of there's a moment of recognition, but only because you you feel like it's something they've seen before quite recently. Um, that there's still just like it, it seems genuine that they aren't entirely sure where that came from, where that could have come from. So, um, oh, please. Or what it's capable of, I guess I should also say. <laughs> um, Wendigo actually took, set down his bag and pulled out an iPad to take notes on. So ah. this is going to get more interesting for them. <laughs> well, I'll look around at our agents and be like, maybe this is a good time to start from the beginning and i'll just go and kind of lean up against the side of the wall across my arms and just kind of look down at the the ladies in the room emily is the eldest of all of us right the women uh the survivors probably yeah so um she'll look over at the rest of them and just sort of kind of pull herself up to full height and step forward Right, so who are you and why have you taken us to whatever this is? Well, like Agent Pike said before, we're with the FBI. That's, he kind of looks at them again. Federal Bureau of Investigation, if you haven't heard of it before. We're- What is it that you do? Basically, we're here to help. <laughs> uh, 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 help do what the FBI that I know mostly busted communists we're not communists we're a special group isn't that right Pike we um well I'll speak for myself I'm with something called the behavioral analysis unit and we speak with individuals and try to determine uh, what exactly may be going on and their lives with them and determine if there's any threats we need to be concerned with. You will admit you are a very uh, eclectic group to be walking around uh, as you are, especially outside the glass mansion. Right. We're eclectic, but you're 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 the one with. What are those? Um, those are cellular telephones. Telephones and computers in one. Cellular. Uh, what does that? Sounds like biology. <laughs> Do you all know what deer it is? We were told by um, Officer Morrison that it's 2022, hundred years later than than we expected it to be. Although we did see some 
evidence um, inside the mansion that would lead us to believe that time was passing in a very strange way. Things that seemed ancient that should have been new, etc. And um, we've also experienced some things that would lead us to believe that reality as we knew it was not exactly natural. And I'm 57 years. I'm not 100 years. Really? Yes. So 1922. What year was it for you? 1965. 1965. And you weren't in the mansion with us. I never saw... I never saw you. I never, I never saw you. I, I, I saw Dr. O'Hara. We were together for but not a while. Entirely. Wait, you were in the mansion. Did you? Did you know a man with a, a mustache, a skinny, skinny yes. mustache? Yes, there, there was a man named Mac. He had a pencil thin um, mustache. I suspect he was a gangster of some sort, um, <laughs> criminal. He, he didn't make it out with us? No. We saw... We saw him from the window, looking down at us when we first made it out. I don't know why we escaped and he didn't. Can I... I wanna... Why do you ask? How... How do you know of him? I saw him from the ship. Well, sort of. It's a long story, <laughs> but I, I, he was, I saw him through mirrors and all sorts of things. Mirror, he said. Yes. There was a, there was a, there was one of those where we were inside and it seemed mystical, undestructible. Um, you might not believe this, but anyone who tried to leave the house would be thrown back into the same room through a mirror and I know Mac was looking into it at one point as we all were a mirror there was I, I I wasn't in a house really except for a moment but there were mirrors in the cave underground I was I was in a cave not a mansion okay. but there were mirrors and there was glass you said but you also said a ship a ship and a I like to slowly take out a notepad and a pencil and just kind of place it on the table in between them and be like, how about you all write down your names, when you're from, and any sort of information you feel like's pertinent. How about that? I, I will I will only do that if you can tell me one thing. There is a, a man with me. Dr. Stanford Clark. He isn't here now, but he made it out of the cave. Where is he? I believe he was escorted for medical treatment. Very quick assessment. They wanted to check him out, make sure he was healthy enough to be spoken with. We don't want to speak with people who are in any sort of medical dire straits. So he'll be fine, I assure you. We'll for surely be along soon to talk with him. He will. Listen, 
I can see from the looks on your faces that you're questioning whether or not we're mad. I can tell you that I am, well, I, I was a detective and I know how to put facts together and typically the solution is the, the simplest one when you lay everything out. But I can tell you that I have changed my mind about that after being in that building for however long we were in there. We are not crazy. Something otherworldly has happened. And Carrie, with my with my psychotherapy, that's still it's consistent, right? They're not Yeah, they, with your they believe they're telling the truth. They they wouldn't believe anything else. This is their truth, and you're not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing for their mental status. Um I'll sort of bring up if like Alright, right. Do you have any proof of being from these time periods going through these things of which you claim I will anything at all that might Look for my discarded vest and then pull out of it um, a wallet of sorts, and I will show him my identification and my badge. I'm gonna take a picture of it. Ugh. Um. Oh. <laughs> Warn it, me uh, before you flash lights in my face. It's a. Uh, What's the meaning of that? Sorry. It's new. I guess. But what's the purpose? I'll turn the phone around ah! and show the picture. <laughs> you think of it like uh, more of an instantaneous portrait, you know? Yeah, picture. Camera. Bizarre. Right? Yeah, camera. Just a lot smaller. Um, I'm going to reach over to uh, Agent Cross for the identification just to write some notes uh, about how it looks and look at the act like I when I look at the sort of identification it's not like a, a license that we've ever seen before so I'm gonna break down sort of notes about that and hand oh, it back yeah. you could probably yeah. like confirm it like that like oh yeah legitimately this is from this time period and blah blah, blah. that'd be dope Miss, and about um, this time oh, go ahead. Um, Officer Morrison comes up uh, with a few bottles of water from like the back of his car, um, brings in some bottles of water, and he doesn't have any coffee, but he brings in some like Coke, Coca-Cola cans, and um, brings these in. This is the best that I got. <laughs> that's that's fine. More actually, uh, I'm gonna grab my thermos of coffee, and I'll I'll pour some coffee for uh, Arabella, and I and I'll I'll hold it to her. I was like, I, I hope you like it black that's how i drink it um and i give it to her um, officer morrison too, also like as soon as officer morrison hands in the drinks he's gone again he, he goes back into his car he does not want anything to do with whatever's happening in here noping out um if you all wouldn't mind um with that paper your names, your dates of birth, and any institutions you worked for. Detective O'Neill, you said you were with the Boston Police Department, correct? Yes. Um, Dr. O'Hara? Um, 
pre with an educational institution, academic institution. A city university in New York. Um, I don't have identification. It was all in my steamer trunk, but um, I don't know how far we are from the city, but my photo would be there. I was tenured. My portrait is in, it was in the archaeology wing. I think while everyone is doing this, if I can be on my phone doing some computer science and uh, looking up everyone's name, double checking what happened to them, cross-referencing, all that kind of good stuff. Exactly. All that kind of good stuff. Perfect, yeah. Can I do that, Carrie? Yeah, go ahead and make that roll. All right. Gotta get under 70. Thank Autumn. God. That is a 44 under 70. That's a crit. That's a critical success. Uh, yeah, ooh. doubles are crits. Oh, right. So if it's over, it's a critical failure. Do we still have hard and extreme in this one or no? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Okay. And if possible, it'd be great to extend that to this mention of, well, the glass mansion and then kind of cross-referencing uh dr glass blah 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 blah. yeah i think i think i'll have this be kind of an ongoing thing like you're looking a few different things up and then we'll kind of go through what you figured out a little later so you're you're you know googling away as um conversation continues I imagine it would take time, like, if we send off a request like Boston PD, like, hey, can you confirm this person was an employee back in 1922? It's going to take a minute to get that back. Yeah. I can I can prove who I am. I'm a published author. author. I published 12 books between the ages of 15 and 20. That's impressive. It's Earhart. Arabella Earhart. Yes, that's my name. Like this. Uh, I feel like I feel like that'd be a pretty easy. That's search. a pretty easy one. Yeah, that one that one comes up immediately. Uh. Yeah, that's me. I have a feeling that Wendigo might have actually read those books, like oh, when he oh, cool. when he snapped up. Like as a youngster, I read those books. So, but so would this um this like author's page? Would it have a photo of? Arabella? In the 60s? Probably, yeah. Yeah, so Agent Cross, you begin you know, googling the author some books come up, like that's great, you know you have the same, you you claim to have the same name, awesome, cool you're like clicking in and go to the basically about the author section of the article and you see a picture almost exactly like the person that you are seeing sitting before you. Um, and there's a moment where you're... You know you want to make an excuse. There, There's something else. There's something else going on here. And then you see all the details that you were just told. You know, 12 books... I'm gonna have you make a sanity roll for me, but I'm gonna give you 
a 20% bonus to it. I mean, 11 years of experience, baby. Uh, uh, so I guess I just have to uh, roll underneath my current sanity score, yeah. I think. Okay. Oh, this would be pretty easy. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, so currently I have 85 sanity. Um, very sane. And uh, I got a 59, and that's not even with, with okay. uh, the, the 20. Yeah, so you're seeing how easy it is to get this information. Anybody could look this up and know this. It's it's weird. I mean, it's definitely weird. This is a weird situation, but it doesn't prove anything. She could be anyone. I disappeared, or whatever happened to me happened in 1965. I was with a person named Iris Belrose. She's an heiress to a massive fortune. My sword is her sword. So, you all went into the Glass Mansion, or at least Miss Detective O'Neill, Miss Claythorne, in 1922. Dr. O'Hara, you were on the boat in the 1940s. Uh, Miss Earhart, a dig site, correct? 1960s. Yes. The common denominator here is Mr. Glass and Mirrors. Yes, Mr. Glass well, we thought, invited us to the mansion to investigate a disappearance. I was not going there on an official capacity, though I did uh, alert my partner that I was going. And when we got there, there was no Mr. Glass. In fact, there was no one. And it seemed that it might have been some sort of a trick to get us to go into the mansion in the first place. It, it was 1922, not 40s. That was just a, a fair problem, not an Emily problem. No. Um, I uh, I also wrote books um, and I taught um, besides the portrait. I don't know if we didn't really do author's photos like you did, Arabella, but um, I... Um, she writes down on the page and speaks at the same time. I was born August 17th, 1882, and Dr. Glass hired myself and my compatriots to travel um, to find some artifact to help his wife who'd fallen ill. Um, so I took a sabbatical from the university and I headed off. Um, we uh, never made it. Um, uh, did he mention what that artifact uh, artifact was? No, but my speciality is the occult. Um, I've done numerous dig sites all over the world, looking for strange things. And from what we experienced, it was something to do with the old ones. Um, Dr. Sanford Clark would also be able to verify that. Um, he's one of the gentlemen this time was taken for medical treatment. All this talk of um, published uh, novels and or, and books has gotten Peggy's attention. And, and she says, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I know this seems like um, an out of place question, but have any of you ever heard of 
uh, an author by the name of A.M. Christie, um, or perhaps Agatha Christie. Of course, and she's uh, <laughs> quite famous. Movies yeah. have been made about her works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Emotion pictures, uh, moving images yeah. with sound yes. on the screen. Well, famous to say. <laughs> Isn't that just like her? <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I knew her and we um, had a falling out. And when I entered the house, I was carrying her first book that she published and I just was curious. Thank you. Carrie? Before yes. Arabella got into the hot air balloon with Iris, I picked up a piece of glass and I think I was holding it so tightly that it, it cut into the palm of my hand, but I think I probably would have hit that if they took my gun, but can I take that piece of glass out and show it to the agents and say, this is glass that I took from the cave, from the mirror. One of one of the mirrors that that I, I, I had to break a mirror in order to get out of the cave. And you can see that it's it's still got blood on it. And it's Don't look into it. No one look into it. Okay. Um, what happens if we look into it? Not a glove. It's not safe. We got a little bag. When you say it's not safe, what do you mean? All of us had harrowing experiences or looking into the mirror, we would see something unreal someone who couldn't be there, someone who was dead, ourselves being dead. It it drove many of us to the point of insanity. Uh, were you all exposed to any uh, unusual contagions, uh, creatures, substances during your time? You where you were over the world. Do I have a Geiger counter? Like in my <laughs> <laughs> Unusual is a nice word for it. It was a creature. Large. It had she tries to describe that creature as best as she can. Can't really remember. Was it tentacled? No tentacles. Wings. Um, wings. There were wings. Oh yes. Um white, right, white skin. Dark, huge. Giant wings, just vicious claws. Um, it's ferocious. You saw those two? Well, I, one. You saw. I had more than one. More than one. Doctor oh, Doctor O'Hare and I had eight. 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 How <laughs> Jesus! We saw eight. a number on the ship as well. We barely survived one. Oh, most of my group, I don't think, survived it. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you all, um, were you injured? Were you injured by these entities? No, the, the only, like, the only people in our group who are injured are dead or they're gone. I was not injured by that creature, but I was injured by... It's hard to explain. There were 
bodies covered in white sheets that seemed to have been there in an ordinate amount of time that I, I pulled a sheet off of it and it attacked me. It was human, but not. Oh. Dead, but not. Mm. And it scratched me on my, on my shoulder. If you don't mind, um, we'll leave you here with your water and coffee. We'll give you a moment to collect yourselves. I understand you've been through quite a bit. Uh, I'd like to step outside, speak with my compatriots uh, very quickly, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. We'll be back. Thank you. I'm walking out. I'm going to pick up a can, gesture like this, to like, that's how you open it and then put it back down as I walk out. Does any of this sound familiar to you, Pike? Any of these from any other sources, missions, or No, I've never seen anything like this. Time has never been a, um, a factor quite like this. Should I call Foster? Give him a call. Brief him on their findings so far. See how he wants us to proceed. Um, I'll take out the special phone, give him a call. I imagine it's a flip phone um, rather than a smartphone. Um, and uh, yeah, give him a call. It rings once and then uh, you hear. What's happening? What's the situation? It's a good time. And I'll uh, brief them on what we've been told so far and just kind of ask for more information about uh, those specific about these people disappearances when they did Dr. Glass uh, I think someone might have mentioned the island destination that they were going to um, maybe see if that's an actual real island see just kind of okay. giving them all the information seeing what they can give me okay all right uh, first things first there's a safe place I want you to bring them to it's program friendly and it'll keep them fed and housed until they can adjust mm -hmm. it'll keep them safe and out of the public eye for the time being so do whatever you have to do to get them there safely um i already sent the other car there so they should have at least familiarity to meet up with i'm sending you the location now and um be careful when you hear the line go dead will do and uh shuts the phone uh, tell Pike and Wendigo what's what, and I guess wait for the information. Okay. The moment they stepped outside, um, what did the rest of you do? As the camper door closes and it kind of goes silent, you hear the mumbling of talking outside, but you're not really able to make out what's being said. They think we're crazy. I can tell. That one is rude, <sighs> no? I've had students like that. They're pain in the... I don't I don't have it in me to argue with them. Are you doing think all right, Rose? Yes, are you? I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm, I'm grateful that we're together. I hope I hope Ezekiel's okay. I know. I I'm I'm really sorry. Um it's it's been a long night. It's really well, I, I don't want to say it's nice to meet both of you, but I suppose as pleasant as it can be under the circumstances. Um, Rose Claythorne. 
Er, Er, Arabella Earhart, and you might not have uh, have it in you to argue with them, but I think I might. And Arabella will take a sip of the coffee and kind of expects the, but she doesn't. It's, It's actually not that bad. All right. And she'll she'll set it aside and go to the camper door and start knocking on it very, very loudly. Open the door. Uh, actually, Pike will reach oh, out okay. and kind of stop him first and say, and look to Wendigo and say, "What's your assessment?" Let her let her knock. Um, and he's kind of distracted by the knocking, but he said, I, "Um, I'm more interested about this artifact, this this mirror that seems to tie them all together." Um, put it in a baggie, and I guess I'll hand it over to you. Yeah. Um. I'm not going to look at it, but I'm going to grab the baggie and, and um, I'm wondering if there's any history behind it or a, a uh, sort of an occult meeting with the, the mirrors and stuff like that. So I think that's probably the best avenue to go through. If we're not going to, if we're going to go through that way, we could see how the, the mirror ties in with the, the house. They certainly ties in with all three of the stories they've been telling today. I agree. Um, However, I ask that you will prepare yourselves for contingencies. Um, There's a very decent possibility that they are all now vectors and may need to be contained as such. Are you comfortable with making that decision if need be? I just uh, have like that little holster thing that's like a chest sort of holster off to the side in my thing and I just kind of like unflick the little a uh, thing that goes on the on the top of the gun, so it's easier to access. And I won't say anything. Uh, vectors, uh, avenues through which the things we're concerned about can spread. And that's a bad thing. The worst thing. Okay. Um, so he I, he just sort of pulls behind him and and then puts it back in. Good. Secure, contain, protect. Gotcha. Let's see what they want. It'll open the door. Arabella almost falls out. Just comes like spilling out. (laughs) (laughs) Is there something wrong, Mrs. Earhart? Yes, you're you're keeping us trapped here. You won't tell us a goddamn thing. We we have friends that. We don't. You're you're telling us that they're okay, but we have no proof that they're okay. Can you can you prove to me that Doctor Clark is fine? Can you prove to me that what 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 was his name? Ezekiel. Yes. Yes. Can you prove that that Ezekiel is all right? And can you can you tell me when we were picked up? Was there was there an older man with with white hair and a mustache? Did someone that looked like that get picked up? He was alive the last time I saw him. I can see that you're upset. We'll, uh, we're actually going to be taking you right to your friends, pretty. Look over at Pike soon. Now, as a matter of fact. So, I will answer any questions on the way. I just ask that you be patient. I Believe me, you don't know what, you say you don't know what's going on. Uh, I'll be honest with you, ma'am, neither do we. 
I, I look at, at um, Agent Cross. Do I know your name at this point? Oh, yeah, I think I said Agent Cross. Okay. Agent Cross. Mm-hmm. I know I'm young, but don't fucking treat me like a child. I'm not a little girl anymore. You have no idea what we've been through. So if you want us to get in a car with you, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I've already boarded one vehicle and ended up in hell. I'm not doing it again without some kind of proof that Dr. Clark and their friend Ezekiel is alive. I'm unable to provide that at this time. What I ask is that you trust us and we'll take you to them. I agree, you have been through quite a bit. Perhaps uh, Officer Morrison has taken a photograph with his magic box. I uh, I do believe there has been a misunderstanding. We've been polite so far. We're not asking. Fortunately, things that we get involved with are rather dangerous. So it'd be best if we all kept calm heads. But what you are saying is that we are being detained. Yes. No. What you need to realize is the things that you have seen, we deal with in some form, fashion, or another. This is what we specialize in. I can't go into any further detail than that, but situations like these are what we uh, make it our business to understand and uh, respond accordingly. Does that make sense? It does. Am I allowed to ask what you intend to do with us? Keep you safe. Get more information. Figure out what exactly it is that is going on so we can respond. And how long will we be detained? Honestly, ma'am, I can't answer that because we don't have any notion of an understanding of what exactly is going on. Uh, Time issues are not something we have dealt with in the past. Vicky, where where would we even go if they didn't detain us? It's true. I... I don't know if, if my my house would even still be standing and most likely be occupied by someone else. We don't have any money, friends. Dr. O'Hara, you've been quiet. Are you amenable to this? So <clears throat> Emily steps out and maybe puts a, a soft hand on Arabella's shoulder and gives it a squeeze uh, if if she seems okay with that. Um, she does not. Okay. <laughs> okay, she comes into proximity and you okay. probably like move away and she doesn't she doesn't try. Um, but she looks at the the group then the, the, the men um, and says Gentlemen, we've been through enough in the last, what? I don't even want to, I don't even know how to say it. 
you can understand if we are wary of jumping in a car, you said? Of course. With um, a bunch of strangers. Now, I recognize that there is a an amount that you don't know and an amount that we don't know and perhaps working together we can figure it out but I'll be quite honest and looking to the, the survivors now I have been in this dress for longer than I've been alive which is a strange thing to say and I would like a cup of tea and perhaps a bath and if this is the only way we're going to get it If it makes you feel any better, I would offer to let you drive if I knew that you knew how to operate one of these. <laughs> I like, would raise my eyebrows even... at Pike. <laughs> Give me a horse, <clears throat> Agent Pike. Perhaps that we can speak to, but not one of your cars that the officer brought us here in. Um... Rose is right. I, I don't think we have another choice, but can I ask that we not be separated? Of course, we have no intention of separating you. All right. We came in three cars. You may, that is the only separation we expect at this point because we can't fit you all in one. You may choose to ride with who you who you wish and we will get you to your next location safely and expediently. Someone's gonna have to sit on the hump. Somebody's gonna sit, yeah. <laughs> if you wanna, I'll be in the same car. Arabella would like to ride with Dr. Cross, or uh, Angel Cross. I'm a doctor now. Hey, promotion. <laughs> hey, I had trouble remembering if Nick had a PhD or not in the first one, so. <laughs> okay, I you may. be in the same um, vehicle as Rose, please. Of course. Any preference on what agent you ride with? Who's getting picked last for kickball? <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um think uh probably wendigo okay which leaves dr o'hara with Pike. all right uh officer morrison is happy that uh his time here is concluded and he is the first one out of the area um as you are all loading uh -huh. up into the vehicles before we leave, I'd like to just do a quick little sweep of the camper, make sure nothing has been left behind. Nothing that's also time sensitive, as in like from the 1920s and that kind of junk, just in case. Pike will actually like lean over to him and say, if they drank from a bag, it. Okay. Uh, I'll go through, do that. Or actually, I'll probably bring in a little duffel bag from the trunk do the whatever in there, bring the same duffel bag out, put it in the back. I will sure open thing. the back door uh, for Air, for Miss Earhart, not the front seat. Yeah, um, I I will kind of like climb in, um, just, just scooch in there. Um, I've, Agent Cross, I'm, I'm so sorry that I was angry earlier. It's been a hell of a day. I could use some fresh air, do you mind? Rolling the windows down for me. Sure. And he goes like about halfway. You, um, didn't, you didn't have to crank it? No. 
wonders of technology. And I would say on the little visor, you see a picture of like a woman and like maybe a three-year-old boy, and he flips up the visor uh, before starting the car. And uh, he probably rolls his windows down a little bit because he is constantly smoking and likes to be at least a little bit nice to those riding in the car with him. Yeah, as as soon as we've we've hit the road, I don't know if you want me to do a check for it, Carrie, or like a sleight of hand, but the second we've hit the road, I'm going to lean over, grab that cigarette out of his mouth, and throw it out the fucking window. Um Honestly, what? I think I think she's just be able to do it. Okay, yeah, sure. If you don't want to contest it, you weren't expecting it at all, so yeah. You throw it. <clears throat> Take out another one. Put it in my mouth. <laughs> Light another one. I kick the back of your seat. <laughs> Miss Earhart, if this is gonna be a problem, it's better for both of us if it's not. Oh, I'm 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 so sorry, Agent Cross. Did I uh? Did, did I did I did I kick the back of your chair? I'm so sorry about that. Didn't mean to. So you write books, huh? What are those I... like? Well, you can apparently look it up in your little what, what did she call it magic box thing. Mm. I, so you probably have a, a a better idea of what I wrote than I did. You can find it in the in the, the the tween section of your local library if you're interested. You have kids? Is that right? No. Well, I do. And a boy. Oh boy. You see, and I wanna make sure that I make the world a safer place so I can go home and see my boy. Right now, there's uh, someone kicking the back of my seat. Might make me drive off the side of the road, hit a tree. I don't want that. So why don't we just calm down? Talk about one of your books. What makes you think that I don't want to be dead, Agent Cross? you don't want to be dead? I maybe I understand the question. Maybe I'm already dead. Maybe I was dead the second that I made it out of that cave. So maybe I have nothing to lose. I'm gonna send Pike a text on the phone and say we may have a problem. Um, but I'm gonna keep driving for now. I will kind of lean back and be like, it might surprise you, Ms. Earhart, but I'm actually the nice one. And I'll keep driving. And with that, we switch over to um, another car. 
Wendigo, where do you place Peggy and Rose in this vehicle? When Wendigo actually opens up both the passenger side, uh, the passenger side front seat and the passenger side back seat to let them choose who wants to sit where. This is not a car. This is some kind of a spaceship. Technology has advanced um, since you've last seen an automobile. Um, I don't mean to be rude, but I, I think we might like to sit in the in the the back together. Totally understandable. And I close the front uh, the front passenger, and I just let them uh, sort of slide in the back. Rose does so hesitantly. And the moment the door closes, kind of starts rocking a little bit again. Peggy, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I lied to to you. Oh, Rose, you don't need to apologize. I, I have a history of being over trusting when it comes to. Um, Young, young women like myself, I, I shouldn't have made you out to be something that you weren't. And I see now that whatever you were trying to do, I, you're a good person. You've helped keep us all alive and it's forgotten. I just, I'm grateful to have you here and I, I'm not, don't spare another thought about it is what I'm trying to say. I didn't keep all of us alive, though. I know, but you did keep some of us alive as best you could. And clearly that was all of our intention, was to keep everyone alive as long as possible. And I think at this point, whatever you did wrong was a hundred years ago. Surely that's long enough to uh, forgive yourself. I suppose you're right. We're and then she, she will look up at Wendigo and say, <clears throat> Agent Wendigo, I would like you to be straight with me as much as you can. Do we have any reason to be afraid of you? Or are we in any danger being with you? Wendigo um, says no. You are not in danger. In fact, the hands you are in right now are probably the safest for you at this point in time. Given where you've come from and what you've been through, these agents and myself are probably the, your safest bet in this kind of crazy world you've stepped into. Carrie, can I do a, any kind of role to see if he's being sincere? Uh, sure. That'll be a hume int role. And I'm trying to see, like, is he, does he actually believe it that we're not going to be in any danger? Um, or is there anything like a little nervous about him in his response. Uh, 
I got to 68 under 80. I will say, especially with Peggy's background and experience, Adrian Windigo looks a little nervous, but probably not because he thinks he's lying to you. Right. Gonna be in in this this four? How how long are we gonna be traveling? How you close is the uh, how close is the uh, the the safe house? Like half an hour. Okay. Um, you can practically hear her counting down the minutes in her head as she rocks. Is there? Anything I can do to make the ride more comfortable? Um, We could play the radio. Can you... Can you make it bigger? Uh, The vehicle bigger? Yes. Um, I can move my seat up a little bit. Might give you a little extra room. and they, they hear the like a woo, like as 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 the power like is moving forward, and it gives her a little leg room. Oh, um, oh, thank you. I just kind of like grab Peggy's hand and just keep rocking. Peggy will squeeze back on Rose's hand um, and place the other one like on top and um, just look at Wendigo in the front seat and say, Agent, I'm going to ask you to look out for us and do your best to do the right thing by us. I will try my best to do and keep you safe. Uh, on that, I do wait a couple minutes and I do have a question for the two of you. It seems like you two were the first to encounter this mirror. Could you describe the mirror to me? Oh, it was it was beautiful and intricate, but old even for our time. And solid gold, correct, Carrie? Solid gold, um, solid gold. And if if we threw anything out the front door of the house or tried to leave, um, I I threw a watch out the front door whenever we were we'd only been there for a short amount of time um, and the watch came through the mirror back into the sitting room that we were in um, it, it sometimes if you looked in it we would we'd, we would see weird strange things uh, things not of our time or not of our world um, it was a beautiful mirror though it was um, immovable. There were several of us trying to push it aside and it wouldn't budge. Um, it seemed 
that the force we were applying should have moved it, but it, it just wouldn't. And it, it didn't seem to be affixed to the wall, but it still couldn't be moved. We were at the end able to break it, but it was unusual in that way, aside from being sort of a, a transporter. And I, I mentioned my friend Agatha, at one point I looked in a mirror that wasn't that one, but another one in the house, and I saw her face clearly, and then it was gone. But things like that kept happening to everyone, um, not just one of us. In any mirror, not just this particular mirror. That's right. But this one was the only one that seemed to have this strange power of transportation. At this point, Wendigo, where did you put the bag with the glass shard? Uh, he probably would have put it in the duffel bag that's in the back. Okay. Stop it, Carrie. Would you mind, speaking of which, that tiny mirror up above your right shoulder, would you mind covering it up? I... Uh, find them distasteful now. This one, uh, and, and, um... I don't, I don't know what I would grab at this point to, uh, but sometimes they can have, they can, like, sort of slide off, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna slide it off and put it in the passengers. I thank you. You're welcome. And at this point, we swap over to the third car. Yeah, Pike opens the front passenger side door for Dr. O'Hare. Yeah, she, she sits and turns and lifts her legs in and just kind of sits just, you know, primly in, in the seat. <clears throat> Start driving. It's quite different from the automobiles of our youth. Well, <laughs> perhaps I can't say youth, but it's quiet. Very quiet. <laughs> bit thicker, bit more durable, yeah. Durable? It's, she taps on like the plastic <laughs> trim. The ones <laughs> when I was a girl were made out of hard steel. I don't even know what this is. I feel like I can put an elbow through it. <laughs> it's inside's a different story, but yeah. So you... Are you the one in charge? You seem to be bossing the others a little. Um, you could say that. Yeah. Hmm. You've been doing this a while, then? 24 years. Is this the strangest thing you've seen? No one's died yet. So no. <laughs> well, that's lucky, I suppose. Let's hope we can keep it that way. I'm glad the others have at least some commonalities of people that they were with. I, uh... I imagine it's grounding, at least. Peggy and 
Rose seem to have each other, and Arabella and Sanford were from the same time as well. No one came through with you? No. no. Two, two of them drowned. One was ripped apart in front of us, and the other, she... She made it out with me to the cave, but um, she didn't make it. <laughs> we spent no time and all time together trying to survive. <laughs> and um, in the end, it got her, whatever it is, whatever that bloody thing was. <laughs> Sorry. Hmm. I've lost, uh, I've lost count of how many I've lost. <laughs> it's not a good feeling. I... She, she kind of looks out the window and you can see her kind of doing math in her head. I don't think anyone I know would be alive now. Not even the little ones. It's been a long time. You do believe us, don't you? I do. I do. I didn't at first. But I do now. That changed your mind. As they say, the devil's in the details, right? Mm. It's it all added up. Good. I I saw some strange things during my work, things that I could never explain. Certainly, things that I brought back to America, and some of my colleagues thought was poppycock. And it's not a feeling I revel in. So I'm glad that it adds up for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing if at some point his phone vibrates and he gets the text from Cross. He'll kind of take out his phone, look at it, just being very careful, of course. Driving and texting is bad, folks. Um, and uh, he'll just respond with the thumbs up kind of reaction to the text and just kind of hold it and, and slip it back in his pocket. Those things are remarkable. Double edged sword. The more information available to people, the more they can mislead themselves with it. Available? I thought it was a telephone. Oh, Dr. O'Hara. All the books and all the libraries in the world are on this little thing. You're kidding. I am not. Do you think mine would be on there? I, I, I know it's... They're old by now, I'm sure that... The young ones have gone far and beyond what I have learned. But... He'll uh, he'll kind of pass her the phone, like, and and just kind of get enough to where the keyboard is available, so so the keys are are there, and say, uh, Google Books. Go ahead and type in your name. She just kind of pokes at the screen very carefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've typed in my name. 
Hey, what I do I do? Okay, okay. She does it and she just, I presume it would, yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. I wouldn't, does it mean people actually look for it or is it just they put everything on there and, you know? Well, it's, uh, I can't can't say for sure, but I would uh, I would assume, yeah. Folks have looked up your work before, used it in their own research, used it in their own studies. Yeah. Emily, yeah. go ahead and make a luck roll for me. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Um, where's my dice? Okay, which one was we using? A gunshot rings out. <laughs> yeah, right. Jesus Christ. I'm no, just I. Uh, I don't know where my luck is, but I know that I failed. Oh, oh, yeah, it's just, just a 50 50. Oh, yeah, then it's an 88. 88. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. So you're looking, um, you can see various like articles about your publications. You can see articles about where you worked. As you are kind of looking at these things, you see one headline that um, talks about your disappearance. And it catches your eye for a moment. You read a little further. It doesn't mention a ship. It doesn't mm. mention a trip at all. It just mentions that you stopped showing up. Missing. Presumed dead. I think as she's looking at missing presumed dead she she puts the phone down I, I presume there's the console or something and kind of sits back and looking straight ahead she says to agent pike do you have a family a partner children anything one ex-wife who hates my guts and a son who's not far behind. Imagine an entire life. Entire life when all they can write about you is that you're missing presumed dead. No one to remember you, no one to... My work, of course, is why I'm glad. I, it means... Dr. O'Hara, would you mind if I, uh, would you mind if I offered to put things in perspective for you? Of course. All those things that you saw and experienced, they're symptoms of a larger disease. You see those stars at night? They don't care about us. They want to eat us. They want to consume us. Not because they care about us, but simply because we're just ants to be ground underfoot. What we do is try to just keep them away a little bit longer. That is what you do, Agent Pike. I no, I hate spent, to break it. <laughs> I spent my life looking 
at the past and all the incredible things that humanity has done and the terrible things. It all matters because it matters to us, you understand. If, yeah. if it doesn't matter, then why are we even here? Stopped asking myself questions like that a long time ago. I'll uh, be driving for a while and then sort of look into the rear view mirror and be like, so, like that sword? I suppose you could say that it has sentimental value, sure. Use that thing. What do you think, Agent Cross? What's your read on me? <clears throat> Just making conversation, that's all. Maybe instead of interrogating innocent women, scaring innocent women, maybe you and your fellow agents should be, I don't know, out out investigating what remains of, of Mars Corps. We're on that. I feel like I just kind of gesture with my phone. Nicole Mars shot an innocent person in cold blood in the head who was alive. Nicole Mars led an entire group of people down into a cave and most of them didn't make it out. Are you on that? You like fishing? I like fishing. Do you take your son fishing, Agent Cross? Not yet. It's too little. It's nice, relaxing. You do fishing? I don't do fishing, no. What do you do? Well, to tell you the truth, I'm not sure what I can do anymore. My hands haven't stopped shaking since. So, who knows? Maybe I can't even fly anymore, Agent Cross. You know, it helps me with that. I gesture to the cigarette pack. Sure. I'll take one. You've got a light? Just kind of hold it and uh, over my shoulder. Nice. <coughs> oh God! Oh, I should have taken that up in the sixties. Feel better? Fuck you. Just kind of humming Agent along Cross. as I pull up. Agent Cross, make an alertness roll for me. Oh, fuck. Whoa! That's like, I think, the worst one possible. Um, that is a 99. Ooh, no. Okay, yeah, uh, you don't notice anything 
Um, BGK, I did send you a message. Yeah, I saw it, I saw it, I saw it. <clears throat> so is, 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 is this how you, you and your friends like to spend your time? Uh, terrifying women, interrogating them about matters that they don't even understand, that you clearly don't understand. Where, where is it that you're even taking us? been told by my handler that we're taking you to a safe location and that's really all mine all I know and it's not a pastime to frighten women it's uh ridiculous which part please please back up for me agent cross which part of this is is ridiculous the 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 people who've materialized out of out of thin air, the 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 technology was which is advanced far beyond even what an author's imagination can conjure up. Which part of this is ridiculous, Agent Cross, or is it me? Which part are you calling ridiculous? I'm gonna stop the car. Slow, stop the car, and I'll be like, put my cigarette out. And I'll kind of lean back, open the passenger door, and I'll be like, I'm here to help. If you don't want my help, there's the door. I'm sure you can figure it out yourself, but I know it might not seem like it, but we're the best chance you got. I don't want your help. I'll stay in the car, but it's not because I want your help. It's because I want to know that my friend, possibly the only friend that I've got left, is alive. So once I know that Sandy is okay, I'm done. All right. And he goes, shuts the door, and then starts driving the car. Uh, more and he's going to on the drive attempt to do more small talk but I'm sure it's not going to work he's trying even though it doesn't seem like he is I I imagine you're like asking me about like the books that I've written that sort of thing and and more so to to herself than to to Agent Cross, you hear Arabella say, "I promised them a happy ending, and I couldn't give it to them. And I realize now that happy endings are for books and for children, Agent Cross." These are your friends you left, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. It's... difficult. Easier for others. I feel like he kind of looks just kind of 
out at nothing, but he's thinking of Agent Pike. Forgive me for saying Agent Cross, but I don't think you can even imagine. And Arabella will just settle back in in the car, uh, arms crossed, just not not even attempting to to continue any sort of any sort of conversation, even small talk with Agent Cross. I'll go to the the oldies radio channel. Uh, I, I flip you off in the rearview mirror. I th- I think the the remainder of the journey for Peggy at least would just be quiet. Um, looking out the window at all, everything that's new that seems so foreign in this strange new world that that we're in, I think. Quiet contemplation of that. I think after some silence, Emily will ask Agent Pike, while she's still kind of looking at the window, um, Tell me, tell me what's changed. She turns to him and says, since 1922, what's changed? Besides everything. The world has gotten a lot smaller, but a lot bigger at the same time. Um, These little phones, the things they give us access to, they bring us closer together, but whatever rifts that existed just get wider every day. It's more dangerous. People are worse. More willing to hurt one another. It's not a better place. We, um, if you'll pardon my language, we fucked it up. She turns and looks out the window again and says, so I suppose the the war to end all wars didn't quite do its job. Oh, (laughs) nope, nope. A little little Austrian man by the name of Adolf Hitler had something to say about that. Yes, things change, things stay the same then. Kind of looks out the window. We are uh, forever trapped by our inability to learn from our mistakes, ma'am. You uh, didn't call me Paul. like to say it's a pleasure to meet you but perhaps under different circumstances hmm? yeah yeah not these hmm. agent cross you are beginning to pull in to Shit. what looks like a giant empty parking lot um, there's some sort of it looks like abandoned warehouse or facility oh, it doesn't look like it's well. used <laughs> um, and it, it oddly enough looks 
out of the way, in a sense. Um, it's not the way to get into this parking lot. You kind of had to go around a few things to the point where it's not seen from the road, really, from the main road. It's just kind of easy to look over, easy to overlook. Skip, mix those up. Um, as you're pulling in, you see only one other car. Uh, you, if you had to guess, it would be the vehicle that transported the other survivors here. Um, you see that car, but as you are pulling in and getting closer to it, uh, you look up and you see the name of the company in large block letters, you see Mars Corp. I'm gonna not stop the car. And I'm gonna... <laughs> Can I do an alertness check again to scan this area now that we're here? Sure. Uh, cause yeah, boy! Gotta check this out. Oh, that's a good... Um... 43 under 70. Okay. Um, as you are continuing to, like, you know, the car is still moving, you're getting a little bit closer to the other car that is parked here, you don't see any light coming from this facility or warehouse or whatever it may be. Um, you actually don't see any windows. But as you're approaching, the facility kind of becomes the least of your worries. As you look over to the other vehicle, you can see the vehicle has doors wide open and blood is spattered against the side window, the back window, the front windshield. It looks like something or someone exploded inside of this car. I turn uh keep turning the car because they're like behind me ish i'm gonna flash my lights at them and drive back where we came not stopping in this parking lot uh, as soon as i'm wheeling around i'm taking my phone out i'm uh actually calling the handler first okay while that's happening arabella what is your reaction to seeing do i realize that that is probably the car that was holding dr clark I would say it's pretty likely that you would come to that conclusion. And how much time do I have between coming to that conclusion and Agent Cross gunning it from where we came? I think, I think maybe you don't see the symbol immediately, or the, or the, you know, um, logo or anything. But as the car is beginning to turn, you see that car and the blood, and you look up and you see Mars Corp across the building and it is as as agent cross is flashing his lights and digging for his phone to call the handler that you'll have a reaction i don't think we're stopping here <coughs> i need to get, agent cross i need to get out i need to make sure that lock doors <coughs> Sandy's okay. He's uh, he was in that car, wasn't he? That's a, that's the first car that was supposed to arrive. Agent Cross, you have to let me out. I need to make. We're gonna come <laughs> back in a second. Um, and uh, Agent Cross, you watch as 
one of Arabella's bones pop up and out what? of her shoulder. What? Uh, um, I, uh, 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 whoopsie. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I will keep driving, but I'm like, what's, what's wrong? What, what, what are you, what? I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I lied. When we were down in the cave, one of them did, one, one of them did try and get at my collarbone. And I lied because I thought, I thought I had enough time. I just wanted to make sure that Sandy was okay. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, stop car. Uh, stop car, parking brake. Uh, I will get out of the car, slam the door, lock it with my key from the outside, and take out my gun. And at this point, the other two cars are able to, I mean, you're, you're right there. You're, you can stop the car as well. You see Agent Cross get out of the car, pull the gun. I don't point it, but I have it drawn, uh, pointing at the, at the ground and sort of, uh, I guess, getting my phone, uh, still trying to contact the, the handler. Dr. O'Hara, stay in, stay down. So do as she's told, I think. Out, out, gun out, and says, uh, Cross, you got a shirt, rag, something. Yeah, um, I go back to the trunk, pop the trunk. Uh, I actually do have some more things in there, but I won't take it out yet. Um, but yeah, I'll give you uh, what you need. Um, and as I'm trying to still get a hold of the handler. Wendigo, Wendigo is stopping the car and he's going to uh, turn around and look at both Peggy and Rose and say, whatever you see, it's only to protect you. I made a promise and I assure you that is happening. And I get out of the car and I pull my gun. I close it, I lock the doors, and I, I pull the gun from my back and I say, what do we got, Mike? And I, I put a clip into my gun. Carrie, can I have one action? Absolutely. Before the inevitable. Ah! Uh, <laughs> um, oh, as, no! as, as this is happening, as, as I see Agent Wendigo uh, prepping to immolate me, um, I, I'm, I'm sitting in the car, I know what's happening. I'm going to draw Iris Bell, Iris Bellrose's sword from its sheath, and as I'm making eye contact with Agent Cross, who I'm guessing is the closest to me, um, I mouth something at you, and I cut through my own throat. Fuck me! As the I feel three like agents. I was opening the, 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 the trunk. I gave him the thing. I saw that and I opened the trunk uh, to look back in the trunk once I saw that. Just taking a minute. Yeah. The other two agents, you're staring in at the car as you see Arabella's body just slump. She compromised? He stares for a while. And, Cross, uh, is she compromised? Yeah. Lighter now. Slam. Uh well yeah, I guess I guess I'll get that out. Uh give you the lighter. Um probably have an empty gas tank or, or a half full one in the trunk of the car. And yeah. You know, uh hand it over and I'll start helping. Yeah, if I can carry gas cap open, rag in, light rag on fire. 
Yeah. Or taking things out of the trunk of my car. Yeah, I will. I'll walk stuff. over and help him gather his things to put into my car, because I'm guessing he's coming with me. Yeah, you take out like an AR-15 and a couple of like uh, uh, body armor and things like that. That that uh, duffel bag and all that kind of stuff, and moving that over to there. Emily would not know how to open the car, but she sees you start to burn this car, and she guesses what's happening, and she starts to scream and bang on the window, and just scream Arabella's name. Peggy, Peggy, what are they doing? I don't know. It looks like the, the car ahead is on fire. Oh, did they lie already? Are they going to, to kill us all now? Be alert. I, I like start trying to open the door. I, I guess she wouldn't really know how locks work, so she's just sitting there and like panicking, oh, freaking out. It is, it is at this point, as you are kind of like freaking out and trying to get out of this car, it's at this point, as the other car is, is kind of starting to ignite up in flames, you see a wing explode back from the backseat of, of the car and you see another wing explode out from the other side. You see bones jutting out of this creature as it sits up now in place. There's nothing left of Arabella Earhart. And you see this creature shriek as the flames start to grow higher and higher and begin burning into the creature. You hear it shriek even louder in pain. You watch as its arms kind of like fly out, shatter one of the windows as it, it's just trying to escape. It's just trying to get out and it pulls itself forward and you see it like slam down onto the actual dash of this car, slams into it. You see the strength of it smash the dash of this in. Um, AR-15. Ready on the hood of the car. Gotta start firing at it if I can. <laughs> or if I need to. If it looks like the fire's not gonna kill it. I would like to be banging on the window to get Wendigo's attention, and if he looks at me, I want to mouth. Cut its head off! It's like enunciated as I can. Um. Agent Cross, since you were right there at the hood of the car, make an alertness roll for me. Wait, sorry, who, who, who's that? You. <laughs> okay, I got... <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> um, who am I? Who am I? Uh, I did not get it. I got a 79. Okay. It's just above. Um, I'm going off. to let Pike and Windigo also make an alertness roll, but I'm going to give you a negative 10% to it. Oh, no. Failed. Went with a 90. Oh my gosh. I got a 1%. My man. <laughs> under, under 10. My Amazing. man. Oh, Beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Come on. So, Coming in Agent clutch, Wendigo. Hell yeah. yeah. Agent Wendigo, you don't believe what you see, but you see <laughs> this creature as it's climbing up. You watch it reach up and grab onto the rearview mirror. And you watch it begin to try to put itself into the rearview mirror. You see claws go into the mirror itself, but the entrance of the mirror is too small and it can't get in as the flames are burning oh, no. it away. What did I no. tell you about those mirrors? <laughs> Agent so Wendigo, I'm, I'm gonna have you make a sanity roll for me. Oh, good. I love sanity rolls. We all know that. Uh, boy. 
Does Cross have a shotgun or just the AR? Uh, just the AR. Nice. Okay, um, that's that's fine. I think in every uh, out of character, every FBI agent, I think has that in their vehicle. It can be either an AR or a shotgun. Yeah. So I, think I did not make have. my sanity roll. Okay, you are going to lose two points of sanity by seeing this. Um, and Peggy is shouting, "What cut cut its head off?" Um, am I right by the the window? So I will see. I will hear that through the glass. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm gonna yell. Uh, so Peggy's telling me we need to cut this thing's head off. Pike Pike will run to his trunk, and he he sees Emily screaming and pounding on like screaming out Rel's name. And, and I, I'm, this is this might take him more than a turn or two, but he's gonna get the shotgun. Uh, the intent is to get the shotgun out of the car, put the barrel to that thing's skull, and pull the trigger. I think during this time, I will also be saying, uh, a little too calmly, Ms. Earhart said that she uh, was hit by the thing. She didn't tell us it. Didn't. Peggy say out loud when we were in the uh, oh, trailer that uh, I will. Yeah, I will. But not uh, by the of, monster, by something. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll still like make that connection anyways, yeah. and just be like, and just kind yeah. of say that to uh, Pike and Wendigo uh, as I'm sort of setting up very nonchalantly uh, to shoot this thing. Yeah. Um, well, I will say, Pike, go ahead and make. Um, an attack roll for me for that. Absolutely. For your shotgun. That is a uh, 69 out of 70. So that's... Oh, yeah. Woo, nice. that was close. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm talking point blank. Like. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there is this moment. Agent Cross, you are like squaring up basically to begin firing. Um, and as you see this creature give up on going through the mirror, it looks down at you and you see the eyes. These just like voids. There's no pupils. It's like the whole thing is a pupil, but you almost can't look into them for too long. And you watch as this creature stretches forward to begin climbing out of the car on fire. And then you hear two footsteps as Agent Pike steps up directly beside you, brings up the shotgun directly to the head of this creature and pulls the trigger. Blood spatters up onto the roof of this vehicle, still on fire. The creature's body slumps and all you hear is the crackling of the flames and the shouting of the people still inside of the vehicles. Rose and Peggy. Almost at the same time, your brain drifts to Ezekiel. Oh, Ezekiel would have been in that, in that car, the one, not the one ahead of it. What happened? How could there be another one of those things? Did it? I need to get out of here. I can't, I can't be in here, let me out! I'm going to I'm going to try breaking the window. Okay, as you're doing that, Agent Cross, your phone rings. 
I answer it. You called and didn't say anything. What's going on? There's a problem. Big problem. What, what and is it? I will describe what we've seen when we arrived, that there was just very matter of fact, just the details or, or just, just the facts of being like, we arrived, the car, it's abandoned, blah, blah, blah. Uh, blood, we haven't examined it yet. Uh, thing that happened with uh, Earhart to explain that she was attacked by the monster, blah, blah, blah. We've, is the monster dead? Yes. Okay. Uh, we've dealt with it in that way. Um, we don't know where... Uh, we have not identified the bodies yet, so we don't know who's missing, who's not. Also, we're at a Mars Corps building. What the fuck yeah, is this? Foster, Some sort of Foster like weird, confirm, sick idea. <laughs> Foster will confirm we are inside the building. We are waiting. Um, Dr. Sanford Clark is inside. The the other one, um, Ezekiel, he, uh, he didn't make it. He, he ripped... Morrison's partner in half. When did this happen? When they arrived. How many hours ago? I'm not even, not even an hour. Verify none of them have wounds. And if they do, if they're not exhibiting any signs, we'll quarantine them. Just Wait. bring them in. And then hang up the phone. I'll tell this to Pike and Wendigo uh, real quick. And just uh, looking at my car. Okay. Uh, Rose, go ahead and um, make a... Let's... I'll let you choose just flat strength or, like, unarmed combat. Mm. Uh... Cool. Cool. All right. Eighteen out of forty. You hear the glass shatter um, in the back of uh, your car, Agent Windigo. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna reach out and open the door. Be careful was, for the glass. I was just I'm about probably. to do that. Oh. How dare you keep us locked inside of here when this was going on? And Peggy gets out and just immediately throws up. <laughs> Sorry, we were a little I, busy. I look to both <laughs> Peggy and Rose and say, didn't I promise you I was keeping you safe? We well, just before we saw a pair of giant wings flapping out of a car. Listen. How could there be another one? Where is Ezekiel? Yes, where is Ezekiel? Why, Listen, while this is going on, Pike's going to let Emily out. <laughs> Uh, she tumbles out. You probably have to kind of catch her. And she she looks up at you in a panic. Cut its head off. Cut its head off. It's not dead. Cut its fucking head off. The head has to be removed completely. You, yeah, you glance over at it, Agent Pike. There's no head left to cut off. You, you believe. Yeah, it did the job. It's good. Um, We're good. We're good. I'm gonna try to get the sword out of the rubble if I can. The car is still on fire. Yeah. Um, let's go like, ahead and make a I don't know, with a stick or some shit. <laughs> okay. Come on. Oh. Ah, butts. 53. 
Maybe, maybe when the flames die down later, but yeah, as of right now, it's too hot. God damn it. What happened? Miss Earhart had an injury from the beast that she told us about and did not relay that to us. And I will turn around and sort of pointing the gun at Peggy O'Neill. What are you doing? Just a precaution. I'll go and step in front of her. What's just a precaution? We need to... You can't think... I wasn't I wasn't scratched by that creature, it was something else. I lowered by the people gun. in the sheets. I was like, we're gonna quarantine you. Just in case. That's what's our that's what the orders have been. That's Look, what we're gonna try to do, right? I will cooperate. But I haven't I was honest with you about my injury from the start. I had no idea that this thing was contagious in any way, and I haven't been experiencing anything that would make me think that I'm turning into a beast. You must know that, and you must believe me. Uh, can I do a, uh, a hum-int roll? Yeah, go for it. Um, to just sort of clarify that. Oh my god, why is <laughs> such bogus bullshit rolls? Four over, so 84 of 80. Uh, if I'm permitted a, a human role, um, that's a 77 out of 80, so critical success. Okay. Um, I would say for Agent Cross, it's like, she seems honest, but you also know she said she was, like, a detective, so you're not sure how good at talking and convincing she it could be. Uh, but Agent Pike... you're able to kind of think back to Arabella's demeanor, even like walking out of the um, camper. It was very inward. Very, very not a lot of wide movements. There was definitely some pain there. Peggy's scratch doesn't seem to be hurting her at the moment, and you you feel that's probably a good sign. But like like with Agent Cross, you're not sure how good she is at talking. Um, but you have no reason to not believe her right now. She's good. She's good. We'll just, we'll get you inside. We're going to have to quarantine you for your own safety as much as ours. That's fine. We have been honest with you. Where is our friend? Which one? Ezekiel, he turned. He into he turned into one of them as well. Put the thumb, yeah, like like Agent Lindigo did, pointing towards the car that has <gasps> blood splatter all over it. Did he yeah. hurt someone? We don't know yet. I nod. Whoops. <laughs> oh, so I missed that. We do I know. He was uh. Oh, then his uh, partner. He said Officer Morrison's partner or something. He did. That's right. You're right. Rose, I think you and I are lucky to be alive. That he didn't turn when he was with us. Let's get at, let's, let, listen, let's get inside. We don't know if that thing is still running around. We don't know the situation on the ground yet. 
So let's get inside. All right. Cross, lead them in. I'll take up rear security. Got it. When to go? Keep an eye on our sides. Got you. I'll put uh, the AR sort of over like a little strap and then just have my sidearm out and just sort of uh, uncharacteristic of the situation, just sort of calmly walking um, and then just sort of gesturing back towards everyone to follow. And I'll walk towards the building. <clears throat> Carrie, you said it's late at this point, right? Yeah. Now that, Probably so there's a car on fire, but now that they've turned the other cars off, are there like street lights or anything? Mm-hmm. Okay. Probably get a flashlight out then as well, because uh, you said also there's no lights coming from inside of the building. Correct. So, uh, I'd probably take a look. Uh, wait a second. Um, hold on. Did they tell us that people can sound like people? Like nope. other people? Fuck. Alright, I go to walk inside of the building. <laughs> um, alright, as you head over to the doors, they're just, like, thick, basically, iron doors that you can't see through. Once you open those up, there is light coming out. Um, oh, okay. Just, yeah, really bright, like, white light. Um, kind of remind, reminds you of, like, like a school building or, like, a hospital or something where you're mm-hmm. like, why are the lights like Those this? bright fluorescent. Yes. Yeah. Um, you're let in and you see, like, white tiled floors, um, almost, like, cream-colored walls. It's just, it's very plain and ordinary in here. Um, and you see... There are what appears to be just a few soldiers standing around, and you see your handler. You see Agent Foster kind of leaning up. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll sort of like give him a nod and be like, uh, sort of walking up, like, uh, where to? And I'll gesture back uh, the folks behind me. Yeah, um, Agent Foster just kind of looks around to kind of get a good look at everyone. We lost one. They're, they're okay? And Foster kind of just looks at the scratch on Peggy's shoulder. That one needs quarantine. Right. Not scratched by one of those things, though. They say something different. First things first. And... Agent Foster is speaking directly to the three of you now. Let's get you cleaned up. Thank you. Do you have different clothes? Yeah, I think I think we could find something for you. Yes, that would be excellent. And as you begin walking down the hall, that is where we are ending episode one. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Oh, man. But what okay. if we keep playing, though? Yeah. But, like, <laughs> if, going, we, this if was we just really kept fun, going, holy shit! Oh, my God. I, Terry. I,
and Rose, I thank you because uh, you're going to give me a lot of little bit of stress before like I have to figure <laughs> out what the, to lie to my wife about. Oh my god! What happened to your back window? Oh, a woman was trying to break out of it. <laughs> what? <laughs>